Welcome to the Duty Saber Podcast, another special edition. I didn't grow up with consoles, but I have uh, two persons. Shame on you! <laughs> I have two persons here with me. Uh, Diogo, João Oviro. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> I'll translate it for you guys. You heard him already. And Carlos, say hi. Hi, guys. So this is a, this is a first for Carlos. He's our guest today. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Like I was saying, I didn't have a console when I grew up, but at least not a Sega. So I'm a bit out of this on this episode. I'm just going to moderate and uh, Diogo and Carlos are going to talk about their experiences. Diogo, would you like to start? Sure. I would like to ask you if you know what Sega stands for. Nope, no idea. It's originally a short for service games. Did you know that? What do they mean with it? Service games? Yeah. Service. It was just the name of the of the, the of the company. company. Yeah. Yes, it's a service. Video games is a service they provide. Because they, they started out with uh, slot machines. Do, do, <laughs> doing maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they did slot machines. They they built slot machines. Did they do everything? The games and the hardware. Oh, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. They had also Initially, card yeah. games. I think Carlos, uh, am I correct? I think they had uh, card games or stuff like that. Uh, card games. I think it was mm, Nintendo. I'm trying to. I'm trying to reach back in my mind that the first. I think they started with coin operating machines, like you said, slot machines. Mm-hmm. Then they slot started machines. going into arcades. Okay. Then, of course, uh, actual consoles. So why are we talking about Sega? I think we should uh, we should uh, begin with that. Because you miss it. They're still here. No, we started talking about games another episode ago. And we ended up uh, talking about Sega a lot because it was a part of uh, our gaming history for some of us. And um, we ended up uh, making a special episode on it. So my experience with Sega was probably in the early 90s with a a console, uh, a Sega Mega Drive. the, the, The second revision, I think. I think Carlos had a, a first edition, didn't you, Carlos? Yeah, mine was the Model 1. The Model 1. Nice. When did you buy it? You have no recollection. <laughs> around 89, 90, somewhere around, around that. Sonic the Hedgehog was my, like my fourth game at the time. Sonic was your fourth game? Yeah, I, I remember because when I bought the, uh, the console, it, it came with a pack-in with four games. Mm, mine too. Then yeah. there were a couple of other games that I got, and then I bought Sonic the Hedgehog because it was recommended to me from a store a while back. Then afterwards, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I am sick of playing Super Mario Land on Game Boy. This is like, <laughs> this is me, you know, my eight year old self going, oh, this is so amazing. It's much better than that stupid plumber on that Game Boy screen. That's actually my dirty little secret. My first console was actually the Game Boy. So, I didn't know that yeah. about you. Yep, and I'm secretly ashamed. It's it's horrible. You should be. Mm. Nintendo yep. sucks. <laughs> well, they do for whole different reasons. Uh, unfortunately, Sega does have a colorful history too. I'm afraid, you know, a mixture of bad luck, bad decisions every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, 32x. <coughs> and there were the the Mega Drive, the the Sega CD. The plug into oh, to Mega Drive Sega CD. Uh, there were a lot of mistakes on on Sega part, yeah. But they they also have a lot of 
cool games. Like uh, I can remember one of my favorite games of all time, Panzer Dragoon Saga. I think at least one of you have heard of oh, it. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, you told me about it. I told you about it, yeah. And that was for, for Sega Saturn. So they they really have a, a lot of cool games. Um, most of them are, are so sidetracked that uh, I think most people have never heard of uh, about them. And I think Panzer Dragoon Saga is one of them. So they they started out with uh, with consoles uh, uh, in video games. Uh, uh, the Master System was the Master System the first console they they had, or no, no, no. There was actually another prior to the Master System. It was called really? SG One Thousand. It it was very similar to the Atari uh, Twenty Six Hundred, oh. where you would use cards. You the cards were the games. You basically place them inside the console mm-hmm. and play them. They were basic. Like I said, Atari-like games. Okay, then they came up came up with the Sega Master System. Yeah, there was the Master System that I think mm. had like three revisions because uh, oh. the Master System. This is where things get a little dice because Master System Two is called Mark Three, something okay. like that. Strange. So, so revisions. And then. one of one of the most known games for it was Alex Kidd. I think it was uh, one the of Master the first system? games also. Yeah. 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 Alex, it was popular because, I mean, Alex here was basically Sega's first real mascot. Uh, the mascot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of, also, one of the really revolutionary games at the time of the Master System was a little-known uh, role-playing game called Fantasy Star, the oh, original. Oh, so Fantasy Star started on, on the Master System. I had no idea. Yeah, and then it eventually progressed to the Genesis, where it had, like, sorry, Mega Drive, where it had then free games. Well, to our listeners who might not know, Genesis was the name for the for the Mega Drive at uh, at the US, I think. Yeah, uh, Genesis. apparently some copyright issues, sorry, trademark issues, and they couldn't stick with the, with the the European and Japanese name. Exactly. Hmm, okay. But then again, Genesis also made up for a really good commercial uh, in the '90s, which was really useful for Sega to get that first big. Leap over Nintendo Entertainment System because Genesis does. You can't do this on Nintendo. Genesis does. Genesis does. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> That's also the cool thing about Sega in the nineties: the commercials. Oh yeah, the commercials were, were very cool. Yeah, they were very different from what uh, we could expect from uh, at the time. So after that, after the Genesis, they tried the. Um, Upping up their their game with the the, the cartridges from uh, Sega 32X, which supposedly tried to do games at the 32-bit level, they they weren't very successful with, with it. Do do you know why? Well, uh, historically speaking, the 32X was Sega's attempt to prolong the the Mega Drive's lifespan. Two problems with this. Um, the Mega Drive wasn't selling anymore because at that point the Super Nintendo just blew past the Genesis. Also, and here's the bit of the screw-up from Sega, uh, Sega of Japan, at the time the 32X was already going to be launched, the add-on, they already had the Sega Saturn planned. And that's so very strange, So there was really yeah. no point in releasing the 32X. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the Sega CD uh, came first, didn't it? Oh yes, yes, it did. It was the first. It was uh, the first. This yeah. Was a, 
the idea was to play games on a CD, which a CD, would be, and, you know, revolutionary. The revolutionary, but that's about it. it. It didn't bring any hardware innovation besides playing CDs, did it? No, not really much. I mean, like I said, you played a couple of games. There are apparently some really good games on the Mega CD, but most of mm -hmm. it is, well, to put it mildly, those FNV cutscene games where you literally just are watching a movie, a really, really bad movie, or, or in this case, a really cheesy movie where you just press one button or do something or else it's game over. Uh, like, for example, Night Trap. <laughs> kind of a quick time event? Uh, yeah, basically a proto version of quick time event, yeah. Mm. Very early uh, on. I'm, I'm trying to recall one of the most uh, popular games at the time. I think it was launched to the Sega CD. The, uh, Sonic CD, to... basically. Oh, yeah, the Sonic CD. I Did I say Sonic CD? I meant Sega CD. Uh, wasn't there a game that was using that technology at the time? Who, uh, something about the night? Uh, how was it called? Night? Uh, oh, you mean Nights into Dreams. No, no, no. Nights into Dreams is from Sega Saturn. Oh, right. I think you can see part of the game uh, featured in the uh, trailer from uh, Stranger Things, uh, the season two. Oh, I haven't um, seen it yet. No, I was trying to remember the game. Uh, Dragon Tail, I think. Is it Dragon Tail? Dragon's Tail. Honestly, that name doesn't ring a bell, unfortunately. Oof. But probably Knights because... Dragon. <laughs> okay, I'm fishing here. No, 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 no. Forget uh, it. Uh, there are really good Sega CD games. I really don't remember that one. Uh -huh. So perhaps one of the best, and I, I still think it's one of the best Sonic games ever, it's the Sonic CD. Not because it was launched on a, on a CD uh, platform, but it's really a well-made made game. And it did, uh, they came up with uh, some cool innovations in the game. Um, time travel. Time travel, perhaps, yeah. And the, uh, some 3D elements that were uh, still missing on, on other Sonic games. So yeah, the the, the add-ons were kind of revolutionary in some ways, and in other was like you said, just trying to trying to stretch the life uh, of uh, the Genesis system or the Mega Drive system before the Sega Saturn ever came out. So after that, Sega Saturn came out, and it was a, a proper a proper uh, 32-bit um, console. I think it was a, a very cool console. I think it was the very first console that I that I, I thought it would it would change the the market. Then the the Sonic PlayStation came out and things got rattled, didn't they? <laughs> oh, very much, very much so. Uh, the thing is, uh, the Sega Saturn was kind of like I said they already they had already burned bridges with the American audiences. Because originally the 32X was meant to be a standalone console, they decided to switch with an add-on, but mm -hmm. because Sega of America and Sega of Japan didn't really mesh at the time, they were already in bad relationships, so oh, really? it was hard for the Sega Saturn to find grounding. They also had really strange marketing for the Sega Saturn, too. Uh, but overall, okay. one of the things that killed it was it was much difficult to program for it versus the PlayStation. Yeah, which... it had a lot of problems on, on the software side, yeah. But actually, it did a couple of things better than PlayStation. 2D games, mostly. Especially 2D games. I mean, some of the, uh, the Sega Saturn is historically known for having some of the best 2D versions of games. Sadly, many of them did not release outside of Japan. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas, and at the time, like like you said, you got what maybe seven million, eight million Sega Saturn sold, almost one hundred twenty million PlayStation sold. I mean, it's the the Saturn at that point was basically a niche console. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it does have some rem- really memorable game memorable games. You have Shining Force Free, which was the first yeah. iteration of Shining Force in 3D with 3D combat. You got like Sekura Burning Wars. Rangers. Panzer Dragoon, House of the Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Virtual Fighter 2, Sega Rally. Uh, it had a lot of cool games. Um, yeah. Do you remember... I had they told USA? One, you, actually, you had a, a very strange but very addicting game, which was kind of... I think you mentioned it. it, it was it uh, Burning Rangers? Yeah, it was fun at the time. Um, I think it was kind of strange. It's a strange game, but it added something to do, uh, to it. I, I can't well, quite put uh, my finger on it, but I, I remember playing it and being very surprised with it. Yeah, it was a fun adventure game. It was really short, you know, like four. Hmm. It's from Sonic Team, their first full like. 3D game where you basically play as a futuristic firefighter. It had a kick-ass song at the time. Okay. And then there was something about it. Oh yeah, you know, anime cutscenes were all the rage, and at that time I was yeah. starting to grow into my anime craze. The anime, yeah. Uh, there was fun, a funny, I mean, cool story, a cool storyline. Uh, you mm-hmm. would you would rescue a lot of civilians and put out fires, and then beat a boss at the end. And, you, of course, you get a cutscene. Uh, actually, <laughs> one of the characters that you could rescue in one of the stages was actually Yuji Naka himself. Really? And usually <laughs> when you rescue people in that game, you can check mail from from rescuers and they would give you extra extra stuff and praise, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> so after that, we... Do you want to talk a little more about the Sega Saturn or can we jump ship to, to Dreamcast? Well, about the Sega Saturn, I mean, there was really not really much to say. I mean, the Saturn was an interesting experience. Uh, I, I'd say I was kind of disappointed, all things considered, when I, when I look back. But I, I kind of enjoyed it, you know, despite of its flaws. I don't feel that way because of that awesome game I, I told you guys about, the Panzer Dragon Saga. Of course. Still, to, still today, one, it might be one of those things which I am fondly remembering uh, a couple of uh, of experiences that that marked my my journey in gaming, but uh, if perhaps if I, I I played it again today, I wouldn't feel as strongly as I do. But uh, Panzer Dragon Saga really struck me as a, an awesome game, and I haven't still played a, a game that was so impactful to me uh, as it was. So the Sega Saturn was really really a hallmark for me. But after that, the, the Dreamcast came and. Uh, I think it was the 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 first proper console that uh, that Sega launched in, in years. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the Dreamcast? Well, sure. This is where things start to get interesting because, okay, you got Sega. That's been there was just a little burnt out with the Sega Saturn. I mean, mm-hmm. the Dreamcast. The good thing about it is that they were trying to get into the good graces of consumers. You know, try to be more mainstream, more edgy. Yeah, and just like so, the Dreamcast was was really cool and was very well marketed. Had really cool cool games at the start. Yeah, and like I said, you have Microsoft helping them with a new version of Windows. Oh yeah, and, you know, the, all the, these cool they run tech demos. Windows CA CE, I think. Yeah, it was this uh, early version, kind of simplified actually. Though the music player on the Dreamcast wasn't as good as the Saturn one, my 
That was actually one of the cooler things about the Southern. Oh yeah, too, the Southern but... had a very cool music player. I I used it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I used to. <laughs> actually, I, as we speak, I, I'm looking fondly at my Dreamcast because she's standing right there in my living room. Oh. <laughs> and she's the prettiest console on my on my console console holder, <laughs> if you will. So you were saying um, the Dreamcast was a competitive console. It was very very aggressively priced. Yeah. Yeah, and and a really good price, and like I said, um, instead, and you know, online gaming, easy online gaming, which was still something. Mm-hmm. I mean, gamers and the PC were already used to it, but to have it so easily and readily accessible to you know your average user was different. Yeah. I mean, you who can imagine you know, playing games like Fantasy Star Online and Quake Free Arena uh, in a really accessible manner in which you could play with friends online? That was different. You didn't see that much before. Although the uh, although Sega Saturn had a, an adapter, I think a modem, so you could do something online. I, I'm not aware of what exactly you could do online with it, but I think Dreamcast should bear the the title of the first uh, really online console, and one of the first uh, online games I ever played was Fantasy Star Online. And I had a really rough history with it. I can go on detail if you guys want. But first, I, I, I just want to say that it, it, it was the first uh, console in many things because it was also the first console to use off the shelf components, which is now mainstream. All the Xboxes, all the place, all place, uh, the PlayStation 4 uses hardware from off the shelf, off the shelf co- uh, components. So this is 19, 19- 1998, so it was re- a really technologically advanced uh, console. It, it had impressive games, and it, it could do a lot more than the, the Nintendo 64 and the, or the PlayStation 2 could. I remember that it, it did well, the original a original PlayStation. Original PlayStation, and it had some some uh, edge to to the PlayStation 2 also, because I think the PlayStation 2 couldn't do anti-aliasing, and uh, the Dreamcast could very well. Do you remember that that, that uh, specification? Uh, I do. I do recall that there was some. Again, keep in mind that at the time uh, the PlayStation Two were still a little far off, and the first games that actually were released on the PlayStation Two still didn't quite take advantage of mm-hmm. the hardware. So yeah, you can tell some differences between you know, for example, Dead or Alive Two, which was yeah. graphically impressive, impressive game at the time. You could see some comparisons because i mean back in the day it was probably just a port but for the most part yeah uh, the dreamcast games had this unique look of course nowadays it's a little more rough you can still play them and and be amazed i I, the other day i I tried shenmue which is perhaps my second or it's in the same step as uh, spencer dragon saga as perhaps one of the best games ever and uh, I, I remember playing it in your house, actually. The first time I played uh, Shenmue, I was meeting you at your house, and, and you weren't there. But your mother let me in your room, and I saw uh, Shenmue. And like the great friend I am, I <laughs> I inserted the the, CD, the GD, actually, not the CD. It had a, a GD drive. What's a GD drive? At the time, it was a kind of DVD who, who was able to store uh, one giga one gigabyte of of, uh, of information. Yeah, yeah, it was a, propi- a proprietary software at the time, uh, hardware. Sorry. 
So I remember I inserted the the GD the GD ROM on the, on your console and uh, I played the old the intro uh, throughout uh, Shenmue. <laughs> and when you arrived, you recall arriving and being amazed that I was in your room playing Shenmue. <laughs> you perhaps don't don't recall that. No, actually, I, I don't, but I do. But funny thing is, I do recall one particularly annoying story about Shenmue because my first experience, I kind of botched my first Shenmue experience. Why? Uh, you see, at the point, I was almost, almost about, you know, at the end of roughly disc free hmm. of the game because, man, it was a huge adventure. I actually started to show you guys, uh, I don't know if you were there at the time, but... I was. I started playing the game. I showed him just a little bit of the first, you know, ten minutes. Then I then I took the Rio character hmm. from from Shenmue, and I saved the game. But here's the thing: I made the mistake of erasing my previous file. So, oh god, all that time wasted for nothing. So you had to backtrack all over again. Oh yeah, basically the entire game from the start. Because then oh, I boy. the next day I booted it up. Okay, <laughs> let me start again. Wait. Why am I still here? Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, my oh. Fantasy Star Online game is kind of the same. I had, uh, what, about uh, 350 hours of game. And uh, at the time, there was the, this CD, which you could uh, alter some parts of the game. Uh, do, you, do you recall the, the name of the... It was kind of a hacking tool. I don't remember the name, but it, it's not important. The, the thing is that um, someone was using that and invited me to a chat room. And all of a sudden, I lose my character. And it was transformed to a random no. character, a null character with a level oh, one. Yeah. And I, in my desperation, I instead of unplugging the console and not saving the game, I exited to the, to the menu and hence saving the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, I, yeah lost, I remember that one. I lost my, a lot of investment on the character. Uh, perhaps uh, two weeks of in, inter, uninterrupted uh, gaming. So I was very mad. I never played the game again. Not that the game well, was, yeah, that was to blame, but it, yeah, it was. Now, to its credit, uh, Fantasy Star Online was goddamn. It was a super, super addicting yeah, game. Yeah, very yeah. fun. Very addicting. Yeah. You had a lot of side missions. Yep. You had emoticons that would allow you to, you know, communicate with other players. It was an interesting experience. Mm -hmm. Overall, yeah, it paved the room to a lot of the games that we play nowadays. Even you know, even Destiny, uh, or yeah, you could say uh, that. more more classic RPG online games uh, are really inspired on what Fantasy Star Online achieved because it, it really had a lot of the things that these games uh, uh, have today. So yeah, the Dreamcast was a, an, awesome, an awesome console, but it, it failed nonetheless. And actually, one of the strangest things is that the Dreamcast uh, launch in Japan was a complete failure. Oh, yes, it was. It launched with a small library of games, and it was shadowed by the PlayStation 2. But I don't know why. Perhaps the, the Japanese weren't, trust, weren't trusting the, on the Sega brand anymore. But the, the Dreamcast failed and miserably, and it didn't deserve that. It was a, a really great console. Yeah, unfortunately... It kind of makes me think, I wish there was an alternate universe somewhere in which the Dreamcast was like, you know, Dreamcast free and it would be the best game ever. We'd be playing like Shenmue 7 or something like that. <laughs> I wish. But uh, those are the breaks. Uh, 
The thing is about uh, the Dreamcast, it sold a little better than a Sega Saturn. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't meet its goals towards the end because at the, at, in the meantime, you know, they parted ways with Microsoft and they had the mm-hmm. Xbox, which built upon uh, the Dreamcast with its online functionality. The PlayStation exactly. 2, one of the things that uh, we should get, it should get praise is that it allowed people to just enter DVDs before the PlayStation 2. The DVD discs and DVD movies were almost, I mean, you had to be filthy rich to get, you know, just to watch something, oh, yeah, yeah. watch a DVD. And it just opened up. And at that time, it was, it was just, it was at the right time. <laughs> That's why it just exploded in terms of sales. And Sega was still on the shadow, perhaps, of, uh, of Sega Saturn. That feeling was a really, it really pulled them down. So even if the, the Dreamcast did, uh, managed to get some uh, kind of uh, of su- success. The failure with Sega Saturn perhaps sealed the deal with with Sega. I don't know what what do you think? What do you guys think about it? Here's the funny thing about the Dreamcast. Like I said, if they had sold enough consoles, the Xbox, the GameCube, and the PlayStation Two, it could have it probably could have maintained. But the thing hmm. is, the Dreamcast um, was also released in a weird time. Just as the previous generation of PSX and Nintendo 64 was just about yeah. to be over. And there was another generation. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, I think the closest example would be the Wii U with Nintendo. Of course. They released mm-hmm. the game, they released a console, basically 2006 console in 2012. I'm kind of offended that you, that you're, you're comparing the Dreamcast to the Wii U, but it's okay. No, I'm just saying that they had, <laughs> the thing is, no, I'm just, uh, yes, I know, shame on me. I'm just saying that the circumstances are very similar. I mean, the Wii U just had to launch between two generations. It was basically too late for one, mm. uh, and to, it was be, and kind of already did not have enough hardware to compete, you know, with the mm-hmm. Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. So, what to do? So they lost momentum. It's it's kind of an in between moment, and yeah, and the Dreamcast was kind of. Hmm. Yeah, timing. And the Dreamcast, unfortunately, suffered a bit of that. I mean, of course, you had the already previous screw-ups from the Saturn and the Genesis and so forth. Uh, Game Gear, is it fair to call the Game Gear sort of a flop uh, because of its poor battery life? Oh, yeah. I had one. It it was awful. I basically didn't use it as a a portable console. I was, like, uh, all the time searching for a... For a plug, oh, six yeah. batteries. Yeah, no, I used it with a with a transformer. I I burned a lot of transformers because of that. So yeah, not that exactly a portable console. Yeah, those AC adapters. Yep. yep, and they were expensive at the time. Very expensive. I actually bought a, a couple of them used from a friend who had a master system uh, that I had uh, failed on him, and I salvaged the uh, the, the the adapter. I was trying to understand the the difference between uh, Sega and Nintendo. Is it like uh, PlayStation and uh, and Xbox? It's what did you like about it? Was the the, the type of games, the hardware, was a mix of uh, both of them? It was a mix of of, uh, of things because they marketed to more to to young adults or perhaps uh, teenagers. While the Nintendo was always in, and, and I think still is marketed to more to to children, I think more juvenile. I think what what do you think about it, Carlos? 
Well, I you're not too far off. You see, at the time uh when the when Nintendo, I mean, after basically Atari nearly killed the games industry, Nintendo was became sort of the established brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had fun with Super Mario, you had fun with Zelda, but Sega just had that right attitude. Okay, they're the establishment. We're the rebellion. We're the cool yeah, kids now. And that, uh, that was kind of works. the vibe you got yeah. with the Genesis, uh, sorry, Mega mm-hmm. Drive, which is why a lot of people gravitated towards them. And again, this was back in the 90s. People didn't have a lot of money. You could either you pick one console. And I understand a lot of people jump ship to the Genesis from the, from the Nintendo Entertainment Nintendo. System. And that's mm-hmm. where it became more popular. I mean, the games just sounded different. And, you know, blast processing... All those fun buzzwords that actually don't mean anything, but it got you. Well, actually, the the blast processor was uh, referring to what to to the uh, sound processing. I remember reading somewhere that um, uh, the one of the things that Mega Drive uh, re- was revolutionary was because it had a it had a couple of processors for sound processing, and they the games actually sounded different from other consoles because they were able to to mix different sounds at different levels so i'm i'm not actually a sound engineer but i'm i i i really think that this was one of the all marks of a sega mega drive i guess so i do vaguely recall that yeah sound was definitely something really interesting and you so i i don't remember the the actual components Hmm, uh, but yeah, it was either. different. Uh, it sounded a lot yeah. different, but particularly. I mean, when you hear Green Hill Zone for the first time, because they had more channels I th- in Sonic One, it really sounds different. It it's much different than you see those er- early eight bit tunes. You start to see a little more impact. Of course, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo had a much better sound chip, but you get the you get the point. That was like a couple of years later. So uh, Sega innovated a bit with the hardware and with the games, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that was uh, and and the the marketing. The marketing is very important, as you know, in anything as uh, as consumer technology goes. But yeah, they they were different. They they had a proposition for for being and a, a PlayStation at the time. Where was it? Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny fun fact. Originally, Nintendo was going to partner with partner with Sony to create sort of a CD add-on. Yeah, actually, you can find on YouTube one uh, one of the one famous uh, YouTuber uh, that hacks Ben Hack, I think, is the name, Um, and he actually get his hands on a on a prototype uh, PlayStation Nintendo, and he managed to play uh, some form of prototype game or something like that. It's actually a a fun a fun video to see a couple of videos, I think. Um, go check the go check them out. They're they're, they're very, very cool. So yeah, <laughs> things were strange at the time. Uh, companies were were still experimenting a lot with games. It was a a very unique time to get in gaming in general. And I, I'm actually happy that I, I that I entered gaming in the, in the as a '90s kid or as an '80s kid. Uh, so uh, both of you. After Sega disappeared from the consoles, it still exists as a, as a publisher, I think, but it doesn't make consoles and I don't, yeah, does it, it make does. games anymore? Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? They do a lot of games. I think you, you perhaps played some of them of the, of the, of the games they do for release for. They the, played games the they PC. had released, but they weren't made by them. 
Oh yeah, that's a, another thing entirely. But they had the brand on it, so okay. So, <laughs> but uh, you, both of you transitioned for Diogo. Uh, you went for uh, Microsoft for the Xbox, and Carlos, did you? For the did Xbox, you go the same route? Oh dear God, yeah. That to me, that's a, a terrible story because I literally felt like a, a, a world-ending nomad because. <laughs> I stuck around with the with the Dreamcast all the way till 2004, 2005 until okay, I gotta buy something and I I jumped to the original Xbox, but well, it didn't last a, long. A, a little f a fun tidbit: they still release uh, games for Dreamcast. I, I, they are not official releases, but you can still find uh, new games for Dreamcast. Did you know about? Yeah, it? a couple of independent releases yeah. here and there. Yep. I think the new Saber Rider game is also coming on Dreamcast. There was also an RPG that came out a while back too, mm -hmm. Pierce Solar or something. And uh, but but other than that, yeah. So but anyway, what, as I was saying, then I finally jumped to the Xbox 360, and I was under the impression you had the, the original Xbox. You didn't have the original Xbox. Yes, I, I did for a couple of, uh, for like six months until I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just not having enough. I'm not having the fun I wanted out of it. So after I got the Xbox 360, I... I have to say, I did play a lot of cool save games on the Xbox 360. Uh, from, you know, the Condemned series, Bayonetta, The Club. Uh, perhaps the only decent uh, Alien game to come out, Alien Isolation. Isolation, yeah. I, I would go as far as to say that it's besides the, the first three uh, movies. It's the only decent... <laughs> I'm sorry for raising my voice, but I'm very vocal about it. It's the only decent universe inside uh, the Alien franchise besides the, the three original movies. So, suck that. Suck on that, James Cameron. <gasps> it's not James Cameron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the first one was Ridley Scott. The second was James Cameron. Uh, the third, they were all different directors. Ridley Scott. Okay. So suck on that, Ridley Scott. Oh my, yeah, that's yeah. Take that for Prometheus, an Alien Covenant, an Alien Covenant, which actually should be dubbed Prometheus 2.0. <laughs> Neither of you like it. Uh, oh boy. Nope. Here's the thing. I actually enjoyed it, but the thing is, I I came out of the movie theater, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, huh, this is what Prometheus was trying to be, and then oh crap. I have to agree with you. Both failed. No, as a matter of fact, it actually did worse. It it took the worst parts of uh, Prometheus and then decided to shove an alien movie in the last 20 minutes. And it's not really all that good when you think about it. No, it's not. It's actually oh, worse. Uh, for, uh, I think it, it can be worse than Prometheus at some some parts of it. That, that's the thing, because they removed all the interesting parts of Prometheus, at least. Okay, we're getting a bit, a bit off track. Which, oh god, oh sorry, we got a little sidetracked yeah. here. But both of you are happy with the Microsoft consoles now. Uh, do you feel? Do any of you feel that uh, there's still a, a place for Sega? Do you wish there there was a Sega, or do you think that between Nintendo, PlayStation, and uh, Microsoft X One X, <laughs> it's already covered? Or do they have anything? Do you think they have anything special to contribute? They do. They they still they still have a awesome game. So and the Sonic franchise to me it's one of their hallmark game. 
franchises. So yeah, they I think they they still have a lot to contribute to the to the general um, gaming industry. But um, as far as hardware goes, um, I, I don't I think that the ship has sailed. You know, I think there there's no going back. There there was a Dreamcast and and that's it. But actually, they I think I. I, I'm not wrong if I'm saying they still release hardware consoles because they, they're a major player in uh, saloon um, arcade games. And I think they build the, the hardware themselves. Can you corroborate on that, Carlos? It's proprietary software, yeah, from the arcades. Yeah, that's still mm-hmm. the hardware they produce mostly. Okay. But yeah, it's mostly in the arcades. And, well, to be fair, it's kind of a... A smaller market now, but it's still pretty popular in Japan. Yeah, in Japan, it's still popular. Yeah. And the games that you missed, they, they didn't. They didn't have any sequels. They weren't released on other platforms. Well, some of them did. Some of them carried out to other platforms. Others were extinct. Uh, Shenmue is trying to to get up again uh, on the stage. Uh, I, I think. Carlos is a backer from their Kickstarter campaign, so he can shed a lot of more light than I can. Yep, a hundred bucks. Well, Carlos, I have a bad news for I have bad news <gasps> for you. Uh, games on Kickstarter don't really usually end up oh, well. Uh, I've heard. Yeah. Well, some of some of them. Broken Sword Five did good. Oh yeah, kind of. Hey, it did. Uh, good. Uh, it's a Martin awesome Slash game. maybe. Uh, I think there was a couple of Kickstarter games that have been good, but most of them, you know, that infamous Mighty Number no. 9, that was a debacle. And Ukulele, which seems like an interesting game. I might pick it up once in a while, but I've heard some reviews and they're kind of mild. But with Shenmue, I prefer, I'd rather they take their time because I understand it's not gonna, it's probably a bigger game. And, Realistically, I mean, Shenmue deserves pretty much a solo episode because of just the sheer scope and all the crazy stuff and how basically it's a much better, when you think about it, even though it's a smaller game world, it's so much better than most of the open world games because at least the world is not window dressing. You can actually interact with certain areas and so forth. And it's very focused. Much more. I I wish they they would re-release the the original games as part of the, the new game. As a remake, it's in the perhaps? rumor mill, I guess. It's in the rumor mill. Nice. Yeah, it's that would be there have cool. been talks here and there, uh, but for the most part, they're still very tight-lipped about it. I mean, the only major, major thing they had going on is this Sega Forever on mobile, which they plan to release a lot of Dreamcast, Saturn, Game Gear, and Genesis games on mobile. But I don't see that game running on an Android or iPhone, at least not yet. I can tell you, I'm very surprised when you when you when you told that. Uh, both of you had Mega Drives, and uh, Sonic wasn't included because, as an outsider, the only the only thing I recognize definitely as the image of Sega it's Sonic, and uh, the fact that it didn't the, the the console didn't didn't come with Sonic with Sonic it's strange it's a bit strange. I think they they paired it with it uh, a little later uh, in the in Sega Mega Drive um, uh, in Sega Mega Drive uh, lifespan. But uh, at the time, it wasn't very u- usual to to pair games with consoles. You actually bought the console uh, bare without any games, and you had to to buy the game. So when you when you uh, if you buy a Nintendo, you mm-hmm. didn't have Mario. To, to your point, usually a couple of nin- Nintendo Entertainment System uh, packs usually included uh, Duck Hunt 
and Super Mario Brothers, the original. And and just 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 to make a point, and so sorry, I'll just finish up quickly. And sure. the Genesis in the United States, one of the reasons why it sold so much is that they actually bundled uh, the original Sonic with uh, the with Genesis. That's why in that spirit in that span, the mega the Genesis just exploded in the U.S. just because of that. Oh, I was under the impression that you. I think I, at least here in, here in Portugal, I remember seeing the console sold uh, without games. Yeah, that that was the standard. That's still standard for a lot of consoles. You can still see every once in a while. To answer one of the Luis um, questions, I, I think Sonic didn't wasn't born in in the second Mega Drive time. It was born on the Master System. Isn't that right? No, 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 no. Oh, it uh, it no, was born on. Oh yeah. Oh. So, but I remember seeing a Sonic game on on the Master System. Was it released afterwards? Oh yes, uh, afterwards. There were also a couple of exclusive games on the Master System, like you know Sonic Chaos, and then on Game Gear there was some, a game called Sonic Triple Trouble, I think. Triple Trouble, yeah, I had that game. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> uh, there, oh, well, uh, there was also there was a, an even worse Sonic game called Sonic Labyrinth on the Game Gear. You know, it's a it's a it's sort of like Sonic 3D, but Sonic walks really, really, really slow. It's almost like puzzle solving. Oh, it's uh, like a Mario times. game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even, except even worse. No, and guys, I actually, I, I'm, I'm always making fun of Nintendo, but I'm, I'm joking. Nintendo has a lot of cool games. And I actually uh, am sad that I never played a, quite a lot of them, like Zelda, uh, Mask of Majora, which is perhaps one of the best Zelda games ever. Um, and, uh, Metroid? Metroid Prime, that's it. There's a lot of cool games on. I I, I really don't care about uh, a plumber in the in the red suit, but uh, I, I I do think Mama they. Mia. <laughs> but I do know they have a lot of awesome games, and it it's not um it's not fa- it's not fair to uh, to be judging them by the marketing they do because uh, they also have uh, adult games, of course. But um, I always preferred Sega, and, and that's all there is to know. Sega is best. Uh, why did both of you went to to Xbox instead of PlayStation? Because they were part guilty on the, on Sega Doom, <laughs> on Sega Demise. Yeah, I personally blamed Sony for a while. <laughs> yeah, I also blamed, but I I really also didn't like the the controller. The controller was really weird, and I I don't think it fit my hands very well. So yeah, it was a combination of, of variables, but um, mainly, yeah, you can say that I blame Sony for for a while for for Sega Demise. Oh, since we're mainly a, an Apple hardware uh, podcast, we should also mention that uh, Apple once had a, a console. Apple Pippin. The Apple Pippin. I don't know what what games it had, but <laughs> I know it had a console. <laughs> uh, mostly games for kids. Really. <laughs> yep, it's it was about as useless as the CDI, basically. You know those uh, cute, in, cutesy, interactive cutscene something or other, oh. and that was about it. Well, I have news for you. Um, Apple has a console now. It's called Apple TV. Oh, has a- Apple has a lot of consoles. Actually, the best-selling console that Apple has is, is it's called the iPhone. I have a few <laughs> buttons that I that, on the, that I played on the PC. 
and later bought the, the iPad version, and they are better on the iPad than on PC. Well, it's not exclusive for, for, for the PC or for consoles. Now, gaming is everywhere. And although it's not talked that much about, but Apple, it's actually one of the major players in, in, in the gaming world. It was accidental. They didn't intend to. Kind of uh, ironic, isn't it? <laughs> they just want to have a very good graphics card in the, on the iPhone, <laughs> on the iDevices. And they happen, and they happen to sell a lot of devices. <laughs> so to wrap it up, guys, do you want to add anything else about about uh, the Sega Enterprise? You're still waiting for something out of them. Uh, nah, not really. At least not anymore. No, no, I'm not. No, I was for a while, yeah, but not anymore. Okay, so it it's done. Sega, it, it's a done deal. It's dead. It's a done deal, at least uh, yep. uh, in the in the hardware department. Yeah, yeah. In software, they still got a lot of things going. I mean, I understand that some of their games are not, at least right now, their current crop of games might not be to anyone's standards. They'll probably release the dud every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 on the Xbox 360. Good God, <laughs> horrible. Uh, Golden Axe Beast Rider, horrible. The tone okay. is getting a little, a little worse for Sega now. So let's stop here. <laughs> Before, oh yeah, no, 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 no. We had to mention not exactly. Uh, I mean, you got not exactly, yeah. But we have to mention a, a very cool game that is that is coming out. Uh, Sonic Mania. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In August. What platform? Everyone. Every single one of them. Nintendo Switch. The for PC. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, Xbox One. Yep. Strangely enough, it, it's not shipping for iOS. So I don't know what's, what's that all about. Uh, probably a release at a later date. Sometimes the Android versions take a while. Oh, sorry, the mobile versions. Uh, there's, also, there's also, you know, if, you're, if you have a PlayStation 4, be sure to get uh, Yakuza 0. Mm-hmm. I never played the Yakuza series. Yeah, that's a that's probably one of the ironically one of the most popular franchises that is very similar to Shenmue. It's okay. almost like a spiritual successor, mm-hmm. a little a little simpler. It's basically it, it it's a mishmash of RPG, the adventure portions of Shenmue, and fighting. I mean, like Streets of Rage fighting, which is a game we didn't mention previously, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. And that's about it. So, you guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our little uh, special edition podcast on Sega Gaming. A long special edition. Hopefully not too long. <laughs> I want to thank Carlos for, for being here, for being present and for collaborating with us in this in this episode. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Uh, perhaps we can attach him to another episode in the future. Yeah. Sure. So, guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and whatever you can find us. And don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> yes, and $1 a month to Patreon. <laughs> oh, thanks, Carlos. You, but you're not getting in on, on, the, on the bucket. <laughs> Duh, I'm a guest. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. See you soon. See you next episode. <laughs>